So welcome to part two of the top 20 secrets to build muscle and um, burn body fat in terms of nutrition and training. So now we're going to go through, we've already gone through the first section of 10 secrets. So make sure you check out that previous podcast and video episode when I talk through the first 10 secrets. I'm now going to go through the second 10 secrets with you now. So secret number 11 when it comes to um, building muscle, burning body fat and getting the ultimate physique is determining your protein targets. Now, I already spoke earlier in regards to the amount of protein you should normally be having. However, what I'm talking about in terms of determining protein targets is talking about the specificity of your goal and where you're at. Because when you're actually in a position where you're looking to gain muscle mass and you're in a big calorie surplus, your need to have as much protein actually decreases. As when you're actually dieting and you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to need more protein. Now, the reason you need more protein when you're in a calorie deficit is twofold. One, to protect muscle tissue because you don't have as many as much calories come in. So it means you're in a more of a catabolic state. Two, if you are low on carbohydrates, your body can convert protein into carbohydrates via glucogenesis, which then makes it a very uh, good thing to basically do. Uh, it's going to give you that energy. However, if you're at a position where you're in a uh, calorie surplus, protein can actually make it more difficult for you to eat more food if you're finding it full a lot because it's very filling and very satiating and it can also be very difficult to digest so one of the things i would suggest if you're going into a bulk is maybe looking at reducing your protein increasing your carbohydrates if you struggle in terms of eating secret number 12 when to program in refeeds so the human body isn't a big fan of dieting it doesn't want to be doing this the body likes homeostasis so when the body's in, like, in a calorie-restricted state, it doesn't think things are going well. So what we can do, though, is we can teach the body not to be so worried about when it's in a calorie deficit. So what we do by this is we trick the body by using calorie like refeeds. So one of the strategies we use with clients is almost like a mini refeed. So once a week, we let clients have a free meal where they can go out the weekend and they can have what they want. And it works really, really well in terms of giving the client a psychological break and giving the body a bit of a boost in metabolisms. So that's something that works really well. The only kicker with this situation is if you are doing diet breaks and you're gonna do longer diet breaks, you have to remember the more longer the time you spend in a refeed or a diet break, the longer it's gonna take you to get to your goal and getting leaner. So the longer you're gonna to have to diet. So you just gotta think about that from a double-edged perspective and be aware of that. That's why I'm very much into looking at like a sustainable approach rather than trying to crash diet people really quickly and really aggressively. So most people when they look to lose weight, look to lose it in a certain amount of time, and they don't factor in diet breaks necessarily refeeds, which is why I always recommend a longer time period to make it more sustainable. So you're not having um, days where you're struggling so much or you're having less restrictions in life. So this is really, really important. And if you think about it in terms of if you're in a, a calorie deficit, for example, if I have people eat in a deficit during the week, and then they're followed by a two-day uh, refeed over the weekend so that they can then have more flexibility during that time and then they tend to be more prone to have higher calories this is going to slow down their uh, rate progress so if you're going to eat off plan the entire week like uh, weekend sorry that means monday to friday you're going to have to be a lot stricter there's no like magic when it comes to overdoing your uh, calorie de like calorie deficit for the week like you can't just be in deficit for five days and be in a massive surplus for two days if you do that it's going to pretty much probably balance things out so secret number 13 when to program in diet breaks so one of the ways i like to use this and i'm using this when i go to canada skiing is that when you're in a fat loss phase life will often give you diet breaks in some respects you might be on holiday for a week or two 
you might have a birthday coming up, some sort of celebration, and that might give you an opportunity in terms of having some extra food coming in. The way I would look in terms of the amount of time having as like quote unquote diet breaks is either the two to one, three to one, or three to two ratios. They can all be effective, but they all certainly have advantages and disadvantages, but it mostly like boils down to the prerogatives of the individual in terms of how long you need for a diet break. For most people, a week or two back at maintenance tends to work really well just to reset them psychologically and almost get their metabolism restoked up. Um, being in a calorie deficit and looking to get super lean isn't going to be the most fun you're ever going to have in your life, let's be honest, but it's going to get you the results you're looking for. Now, secret number 14, we're talking about having the most fun you're going to have in your life. This is when it gets good, is when we come into understanding when and how to reverse diet. So firstly, I would look at reverse dieting when you get to the phase where you're actually uh, at the body fat you want to be at, and then you look start incrementally adding calories back in. And this is how we work with CJ Coaching going through our four phases of training and nutrition. Phase one would be our priming phase where we're creating the right habits and the foundational routines. Phase two is the fat loss phase. Phase three is the reverse diet phase, which we're discussing now. And then phase four is the performance phase. Now, when it comes to reverse dieting, you need to have this well-planned and well-executed to make sure that you're reversing like the inevitable metabolic slowdown that comes with weight loss. Because what we're, what's gonna happen when you lose body fat, your metabolism will slow down because your calories are coming down. Now, what we have to think about is how can we add those calories back in whilst, um, whilst keeping body fat down. Now, we're gonna look at this through a couple of different things. Now, the three main populations who will benefit from reverse dieting. Number one, those who have achieved their goal. So the first group consists of people who have achieved the desired weight loss goal but are on calories that are, like, are too low so you can't basically sustain them. So one of the big things I talk about a lot is if something's not sustainable, it's not going to be attainable for you long term. So this is really something you've got to think about. So if for you to get to your target weight, you have to drop down to 1,200 calories to get there, you're running on a much slower metabolism than you did beforehand, and you also have much less margin for error. So now if you can maintain 1,200 calories a day, which I wouldn't recommend, it's not going to leave much room for you to enjoy life, go out the weekend, eat cheesecake, have a great time, and I'm all about having the results but also having your cake and eating it whilst enjoying the results so this is where it's important for you to reverse diet secondly would be for those people who are too lean so the second population of people people who can benefit from dieting are those who have reached their fat loss goals but their body fat levels are unsustainably too low so when your body fat is too low like you've done a bodybuilding competition or something like that your uh, endocrine system your hormonal function will go completely out of whack your body does not want to be in this position. So in this case of the population, typically want to implement a more aggressive reverse diet, adding in probably more calories quickly to get them back up into a healthier body fat range so they feel better, their body's not in an overly stressed state anymore, and then they're feeling much, much better just generally overall. And then three, uh, those on very low number of calories. So our third and final population of concern for reverse dieting is those who have not reached their goal weight, but their calorie intake is already not sustainable. So for example, if you're down to 1200 calories a day and you've had a sickness and you still have a significant amount of weight to lose, we don't have a lot of room to move your calories down anymore. So what we'll have to do is build your calories back up, look to maintain your body composition and then eventually come back down. So for people like this, and especially people who have large amounts of body weight to lose, Reverse dieting in a periodic phase during their fat loss journey is the only way to sustainably like keep a reasonable amount of energy expenditure and like, calories coming in and giving them a diet break at the same time. So psychologically, it gives a lot 
um, of help to those clients who've got a lot of weight to lose because you can almost break up that fat loss journey into smaller bite-sized chunks, if that makes sense. So secret number 15, this is something that um, a lot of people don't really look at and it's one of the big variables that we improve with clients and that's understanding the role of sleep and stress. So if I had to go back into the hierarchy of importance pyramid, which I discussed in the previous episode of the podcast and video, um, talking about things that are really important, I'd probably have uh, sleep and stress at the same sort of level as protein and fiber. It's very, very important. Now, there's recent emerging evidence that shows sleep deprivation of less than five and a half hours per night versus eight and a half hours of sleep um, was like the same, has the same change in people's body composition is massive in terms of their ability to burn body fat and also build muscle mass. And also studies showing people who sleep five and a half hours versus eight and a half hours, the difference in body composition is also huge. So what's really important is that you think about that when you are in a position of sleep deprivation, this increases ghrelin. Now ghrelin is a hunger hormone. So what's this gonna make you do? It's gonna make you wanna eat loads of shit food. And um, what ghrelin also seems to do is it also seems to make you decrease your energy expenditure because it negatively impacts your recovery from exercise. So you can see like this is almost like a spiraling circle of getting worse and worse and worse. So this means that when you're actually exercising less, you're more hungry, you wanna eat more, this is gonna cause problems. So getting enough sleep should be a big focus during the calorie deficit and quite frankly, overall just for a healthy life. Secondly, uh, minimizing stress is also very important. So uh, people who do not deal well with stress are gonna acknowledge, acknowledge it exists very easily, but a lot of people try and sweep this under the rug. Now, it's really important to educate yourself and understand why stress is really, really important and the different techniques available to use these. So one of the things that I think is works very, very well is um, using something like a meditation device, like the Headspace app, try and help you chill out. I really like exercising, even if it's going for a swim in, in, the, in a pool, sauna, um, cold plunge, reading a book, anything that can flip your switch in your brain is a really, really good way to try and get yourself to chill out. Some people might like to watch, watch Netflix, but whatever it is that helps you chill out and stress out, make sure you do it, make sure you do it religiously because one of the things you have to think about when you get stressed, it releases cortisol in the body and cortisol is a fat storage hormone. So we wanna keep that down to keep fat loss to a minimum. Secret number 16 is understanding the problem of weight loss. So like the question for you I ask is how many people do you know who actually reduced their body weight over the longer term? So they've actually lost say 10% of their body weight and they've actually kept it off because the realist percentage of people who do that is very small. So the reality is I think it's around 70% of people lose the weight and then put it back on and even more. So we need to really be aware that we make sure we're addressing this in a, the correct manner and making sure that we are looking to, to actually lose body fat in a sustainable way. And that comes back to what we spoke about earlier in terms of the four phases we teach at CJ Coaching. Phase one is a priming phase. And this is all about the habits we teach you that will transfer into your life in the longer term like past when we're working with you to make sure that when you finish your fat loss transformation, you still have the right psychological habits to help you end up winning in what you're looking to try and achieve. So this is really, really important. I really, really suggest, I cannot, like, cannot emphasize this enough. Like really, really important. So that's something you wanna, like I cannot hit, hit home enough. Two books I recommend to um, read with this. One would be Atomic Habits. Another one would be um, the Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Very, very good books. I recommend to absolutely everyone. So now we're gonna talk about the, the main things we look for when we're coaching clients for fat loss. 
And the one thing we'll look at with most people is we're not actually looking to reduce your calories at the very beginning by more than five to 15% to like restart fat loss if you're in that position where you're stalled. Because one of the things where a lot of people think that um, to get illicit fat loss, you need to look at trying to change the calories you're giving someone. However, normally the biggest issue is actually not the calories that are like prescribed, it's often the adherence or maybe adapting the nutrition to a client's schedule or adjusting their stress. Like these things make a big, big difference, checking the foods are digesting well with them. And that's where it comes into having a correct feedback loop with clients and being aware of what works, what doesn't work, and then how we can optimize things to the individual. Now, under, eight, under uh, secret number 18, understanding compliance is king, similar to what you just said. So the most important thing is compliance. If you don't actually do it, you can do the greatest plan in the world, you're not gonna need results. So let's suppose I put an overweight person on a super aggressive calorie deficit with a very restrictive set of food choices and that client fails. In that case, um, like me adding data in that dieting doesn't work or they can't lose weight for whatever reason is complete bullshit. It's the fact that they just can't stick to it because I haven't set them up in a sustainable routine, which is why we talked about earlier, if something's not sustainable, it's not attainable for the long term. So it's really important that we, like you firstly, and we as coaches understand what your needs are, what like what's the time scale why is this important to you and then how can we make this compliant to fit your lifestyle like what's going to be sustainable to what you can do in terms of time commitments what equipment do you have what do you actually like to do because we get insane results with clients who just don't even go to the gym they go for a walk for an hour a day or maybe play golf and then we give them a decent diet we help manage their stress and their hormones and they lose body fat very quickly and that's it uh secret number 19 understanding supplementation so whether you're a fan of supplements or not supplements are what they say they are they're a supplement to your diet so the supplement cartel of the companies out there sending you bullshit there's a lot of crap out there but even the most potent supplements out there only provide very modest improvements and have very small benefits but these benefits will be quickly overshadowed if you have a poor diet and you're not training correctly or have the correct training program so what makes a good supplement and what we were looking for? So to be useful, supplement needs to like to at least one or more of the following. One, improve lean body mass. And this can be through optimizing muscle protein synthesis or minimizing protein breakdown. Number two, improving recovery uh, because then you can, you can train more often, you can train harder, uh, it supports energy balance and triggers muscle anabolism. Number three, increases fat loss, either through increased fat oxidization or decrease fat storage, or an ideal world, both. Number four, improves energy expenditure. So this is a particular concern when you're trying to lose, obviously, body fat. If you can get a supplement that increases your energy expenditure, then this can help tick the energy balance in your scale to lose you more body weight. And number five, improve exercise performance, similar to recovery. The better we perform in the gym, the more reps we do, the more weights we lift, the better results we get. And that basically is a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of driving increased energy balance and more muscle anabolism. So that's really what we want to be looking for. Now, you may not be a big fan of supplements and that's fair, but here's my view. If you can take something that improves one or more of the things above, then why wouldn't you? As long as it's not like stupidly expensive and there's nothing wrong with it and it's no, not illegal and not like causing a health issue, then I would use it. And I have uh, a plethora of guides and bits and pieces that I can help and send over to you to go through that with the exact supplements I use and recommend. Secret number 20 is using software and technology to maximize the science of what you do. So at CJ Coaching, we've got our CJ Coaching app and our accountability and support system. 
So with this, we have a bulletproof system in terms of the training and the nutrition we give you to make sure we can monitor everything from an online coaching perspective. It interacts with my fitness pal, so you can log all your food. We can see how many steps you do in front of Apple Watch, and we can see how clean you're eating and keep a real close monitor on how you're getting results. And this is the key in terms of keeping clients accountable and keeping long-term success. So secret number 20 and the secrets for fat loss and building muscle is using software to maximize your results and the science that we're implementing. Now, I hope this podcast episode was helpful, insightful, and help you level up with the 20 secrets I've shared across these two episodes. If you want help transforming your physique from plain Jane to superwoman Jane or whatever you want to call her, then drop me a message on any of my social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, wherever you want, and I can have a chat about how I can help you, where you are now, where you want to go, and what you want to achieve. And if you hit the link below this guide, you can um, get your free copy of our free 59 fitness myths ebook and it's below the podcast and the youtube video and that will help map out 59 mistakes not to make on your fitness journey make sure you leave us a five-star review on the podcast and the youtube video comment below smash the like button subscribe and we'll see you in the next episode